This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. After defeating Superman and leaving him for dead on a lonely beach, Henry Miller discovered that the solution of kryptonite in his blood, which transformed him into an atom man able to generate terrific atomic power, had been exhausted in the Titanic battle. Determined to destroy Germany's enemies, Miller called on a strange fat man named Sidney, the money-hungry creator of the Nazi spy system, and told him that a woman called the Scarlet Widow possessed the only remaining kryptonite in the world. Seeing an opportunity for untold wealth, Sidney agreed to try to get the kryptonite. As we continue now, the gaunt, ugly widow and her little cockney henchman, Sniggers, are in their hideout behind an innocent-appearing book-and-gift shop in Metropolis. It is just after midnight, and both of them, contemplating a huge pile of crisp banknotes, are in high spirits. Listen. Two million dollars! And when Paparouche gets here, we'll have three million! We're rich, widow! We're rich! Yes, I'm a happy woman tonight, Sniggers. I've got money again. Power! And the only man who ever double-crossed me, der Teufel... Is dead. All on account of that little piece of kryptonite I copped out of the Metropolis Museum that night. Who never thought it would bring us all this money? I told you it would. I knew the vulture and Papa Rausch and the laugher would pay me almost anything I asked for the power to control Superman. You was right with it. You're always right. I never seen blokes fork up a million so fast as the vulture and the laugher when you give them their pieces of the blooming stack tonight. When's Paparash coming for his? He said he'd be here within the hour. Good. Then we cannot be out of this dump. Where we go? I was thinking of the Argentine. Fleischman writes there are lots of opportunities down there. Hey, that sounds good to me, Widder. We'll have a high old time with all that money. What? Someone's at the door. Wait. Must be Paparash. I'll let him in. Wait. It may not be Ralph. It must be. He said he was coming right away. Not so loud, you. Sure it's Paparash. Who else can it be? How do I know? Might be the police. The police? Or some of our friends who found out we've got all this money. We are not taking any chances. Quick, help me get the money into this drawer. All right. And he ain't going to take this haul away from us now, sir. There. Be careful now. Walk quietly to the door. All I'm saying is it better be nobody except Pepper Rouse. What? Stand to one side of the door. Who is it? An old friend, Widow. <laughs> Sydney. Sydney? How did he ever find us? You can find anyone. 
I wonder what he wants. Are you going to let me in, my dear? Don't let him in. I don't trust that fat blood. I'm not afraid of him. Open the door. No, but he's smart. He's after the money. He'll steal it from us. He won't steal it from me. Open the door. Well, you're all right, here, but I don't like it. You're as fat as ever, Sidney. Close the door, Snickers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The ever-faithful Snickers. <laughs> Cheerio, Jerry. Hello, Sidney. What brings you here so late at night? <laughs> it is late, isn't it? Well, I'll sit down, if you don't mind. No. <clears throat> now we get to business. What business? I'll come right to the point, my dear. I understand that you have some, um, kryptonite. How did you know? <laughs> How did I know? What a silly question, Snickers. I know everything. You, uh, you were about to say something, Widow. I did have it, Sidney. It's gone now. Gone? Yes, I sold it. All of it? All three pieces? That's right. <laughs> You're lying, my dear. No, she ain't. We sold Shut them up, to... Snickers. None of his business whom we sold them to. Quite right. If you sold all three pieces. But I don't believe you did. Why? And because, as I understand it, kryptonite is Superman's mortal enemy. He's helpless in, in its presence. Yeah, of course, you know this, or you wouldn't have stolen the fragment in the first place. Who said we stole it? Please tell this fool to be quiet. Shut up, know. Snickers. Go ahead, Sidney. You knew <clears throat> that you could get a tremendous price for the kryptonite from Superman's enemies. If you had already disposed of all of it, as you say, you wouldn't be hiding in Metropolis with the police looking for you. Hmm. I won't beat around the bush with you, Sidney. <laughs> it wouldn't be healthy, my dear. I'm not afraid of you. But we've done a lot of business together, so I'll tell you the truth. I've already sold two of the pieces of kryptonite. The third and last piece is promised to a man who'll be here to get it and pay me for it tonight. Ah, I knew all of it wasn't gone. I want that last piece, Widow. Impossible, Sidney. This man is too powerful to make an enemy of. I'm sorry. <laughs> no man is powerful when he's dead. <laughs> no, I'm dead. Hey. I realize that, but it might be easily arranged. <laughs> you see? Now, look here, Sidney. I don't want to get mixed up with any of your Gestapo tactics. I played a long and dangerous game and I've won. Now I intend to leave the country. Safely. With my money. And that's what it is. My dear widow, I assure you that if you sell the kryptonite to me, you'll be taking no chance. I'm not so sure. But if you don't, I doubt that you'll leave this country at all. What? I told you before, Sidney, you can't scare me. <laughs> I've no intention of scaring you, my dear. I only wish to point out that unless you sell me that last piece of kryptonite, the police will be informed of where you are. And if you leave here without my permission, they'll be kept informed of your movements until they catch up with you. I think you know me and my organization well enough to realize that even you can't hide from us long. I'll fix you. I uh, wouldn't try to use that knife, Sneakers, if I were you. <laughs> Apart from the fact that I'd shoot you first, my man Shito's outside. Shito? Exactly. Well, Widow, you always think quickly. What do you say? I think I'd enjoy killing you, Sidney. But, of course, you're much too sensible to try. Yes. All right. You win on one condition. What's that? You'll pay me the same price I was to get from my other customer. One million dollars. Well, that's a great deal of money. Take it or leave it. 
Oh, I'll take it. Frankly, I expect to make much, much more than that with the stuff. <laughs> much, much more. Oh, well, I, I must be going. Just one, one thing more. The man you're expecting tonight. What's his name? Papa Ralph. You know him? Yes, yes, of course. If you'll open the door, please, niggers, I, uh, I'll leave and make the necessary arrangements for Papa Ralph. Righto. I'll be glad to see the last of you while I'll, I will. I'll return later for the kryptonite. I'll be here. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Good night, widow. Good night, sniggers. Smiling pleasantly, Sidney waddles through the door to arrange a murder. And so get possession of the kryptonite, which will once again transform Henry Miller into a deadly atom man. We'll return in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. You know, gang, even if you tried, I'll bet you couldn't think of a more exciting prize than those new comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Think of it, Superman and Orphan Annie and Moon Mullins, 18 different comic strip characters in all. And you can collect them easy as pie. You don't send in any money, not even a box top. Fact is, you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. You just ask Mom to get you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Then look inside the package and see which prize you find. One of these keen new copy buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. It's your prize from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. As Sidney, the fat man, was preparing to obtain possession of the last piece of kryptonite, Jimmy Olsen, who had returned to Metropolis, has just come back to the village of Linwood, summoned by Sheriff Simpson. And as we join them, the boy reporter and the sheriff are now entering the hospital where Superman had been brought from the beach where he had been found near death after his mighty battle with the Atom Man. Well, who is this man you want me to see, Sheriff? Well, pretty sure this is the fellow you saw on the beach yesterday, Olsen, with Miller and Teufel. We're hoping you can identify him. Here, up these stairs. Oh, but gosh, Sheriff, I didn't see his face. Well, anyhow, seeing as how you was mixed up in it, might just be you know this fellow. Dr. Bruce and that specialist they had out from Metropolis say he won't last through the night. We'd like to know who he is so we can get in touch with his family. Gee, the poor guy. Yeah, this way. His room's right down the hall. All right. And if you can identify him, we might be able to find out what Miller and Teufel was up to and where Miller went. That would suit me fine. Miller's a dirty Nazi and he's got to be caught. Well, nobody's been able to catch him so far. Hold it. Here's the room. Is he still unconscious? Yeah. He woke up since they dug him out of that hole in the sand. Come on, he's in that bed there. What the... Oh, what's the matter? Hey, there's nobody in this bed. No, he's gone. Gone where? How do I know? He was right in that bed an hour ago. He was unconscious, in a coma. And now he's gone. Holy smokes. Doctor, nurse, somebody come quick. Dr. Bruce, nurse. Startled, Jimmy Olsen rushes out into the hospital corridor leaving Sheriff Simpson to stare incredulously at the empty bed in which only an hour ago, Superman lay in a coma, his life despaired of by the physicians. What has happened? Where is the dazed and stricken man of steel? Fellows and girls, our story has taken a strange new twist. Tomorrow's episode is dramatic and surprising, so don't fail to be with us when we learn the mysterious fate of Superman and find out if Sidney, the sinister fat man, succeeded in obtaining the last piece of kryptonite for Henry Miller. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. 
more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loop Crate, the Loop Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Having defeated Superman in a titanic battle, Henry Miller, the Nazi Atom Man, discovered that the solution of kryptonite in his blood, which enabled him to generate atomic power within his own body, had been exhausted. Aware that a woman known as the Scarlet Widow had stolen the original kryptonite fragment, Miller contacted a sinister fat man named Sidney, who traced the widow to her hideout and demanded that she sell him her last remaining piece of the element. Meanwhile, Jimmy Olsen had been summoned to a small country hospital, where the unconscious Superman, his identity unknown, had been given only a few hours to live. But when Jimmy was led into the room in the hope that he could identify the dying man, Superman had disappeared. As we continue the next morning, Jimmy has returned to Metropolis and is in the office of Editor Perry White at the Daily Planet. Listen. When I got into the room, Mr. White, the man, whoever he was, was gone. They looked all over the hospital for him and all through the grounds, but they couldn't find him. I thought you said he was unconscious, in the coma. Well, he was. They didn't expect him to live until morning. So how could he just get up and walk out of the hospital? Well, he couldn't. Somebody must have carried him out. Oh, but they couldn't, though, without being seen. The head nurse's desk is right near the door, and somebody was on duty there all the time. Well, maybe they took him out through the window. Anybody think of that? Well, sure, but the room is on the third floor, and the fire escape is at the other end of the building. Well, they still make ladders, don't they? Huh? Well, sure. Sure they do, but but who'd go to all that trouble, and why? Henry Miller, of course, or somebody working with him. They found out the fellow wasn't dead, and they were afraid he'd tell who tried to kill him. And maybe what Miller and Teufel were up to, so they took him away. Oh, the poor guy. Miller will certainly finish him this time. Gosh, when I think of those green sparks shooting out of his hand... Oh, stop with those green sparks. It was lightning you saw. Freak storm. No, it wasn't, Chief. I mean, Mr. White. Well, of course it was. 
Oh, boy, how I'd like to get my hands on that Miller. Palming himself off as an American war veteran. Getting me to give him a job, and all the time he was a dirty Nazi. What I don't understand is why he took me out to that beach cottage. I never did anything to him. Gosh, Mr. Ken and I thought he was a nice guy. Well, that reminds me. Ken fancies himself a great detective. Maybe he can find out what this is all about. Where is he? Hmm? Oh, I don't know. I called his apartment twice this morning. No answer. Yeah, and it's after ten o'clock. He's probably off on his own hook again. And if he is, he's through this time for good. I warned him. Well, he might have gone to see his doctor. He was sick yesterday morning, you know. Huh? Oh, yes, yes. I, I forgot. Well, he ought to be along soon, then. Incidentally, remind me to tell him that John Millison wants him to call. He says it's very important. Want me to answer? I am still able to answer my own phone, thank you. Hello? Very wide speak. Oh, hello, Doc. Hello. No, no, I haven't forgotten, but Ken hasn't been in yet. Yes, I know he isn't at his apartment, and he'll probably be in soon. It's payday, and he usually condescends to drop in then. You sure I can't help you? I see. Well, all right, I'll make sure he calls you the moment he comes in. You're welcome. Goodbye. Uh, Millicent again. I wonder what he's so all-fired eager to get hold of Kent for. Oh, is that Dr. John Millison, the big scientist? Yes. He says he must talk to Kent at once. I just remembered. Mr. Kent sent me over to his laboratory with something a few weeks ago. Eh? With what? Oh, I don't know what it was. It seemed to be just a sliver of green metal, but it burned when you held it in your hands. It was in a flower pot in the Scarlet Widow's apartment. I see. Now, of course, Kent wouldn't tell me about it. I'm only his editor. I'm not supposed to know what stories he's working on until he decides to take me into his confidence. I will... Oh, here's Mr. Kent now. Well, it's about time. What the... What's that outfit you've got on, Kent? Well, what's the idea of the overalls, Mr. Kent? Well, 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 why don't you answer? What are you standing there for? Come in. Yes, all right. Well, come on, explain yourself. Where have you been? And what in tarnation is the idea of dressing up in those dirty overalls? Oh, Kent, Kent, what's the matter? Grab him, Olsen. He's gone to fall. I, I've got him. Here, sit down in this chair, Mr. Kent. Gosh, what's the matter? What happened? I don't know. Since... You don't know. Olsen, get him a glass of water. Okay. Never mind. Wait, there's water here in my tub. What do you mean you don't know, Mr. Kent? Were you in an accident or something? Accident? Yes. No. Yes, no. Don't bother him yet. Don't bother him. Here. Here, Kent, drink this. Thanks. Do you feel any better now? I feel strange. Strange? Well, how do you mean? I'm weak. I'm tired. I've been walking... Walking. Walking? Walking where? I don't know. Just walking. I couldn't get myself up in the air. Huh? He's out of his mind. We've got to find out what happened to him. Now, come on, Kent. Try to pull yourself together. What happened to you? Where did you get those overalls? From a farmer. Farmer? What farmer? I met him on the road. He gave me a ride. He was a nice man. I had on pajamas. He... You gave me these overalls. You were on a road somewhere in your pajamas? Good Godfrey. Why? I don't know. I can't remember anything after fight. What? Oh, so that's it. He was in a fight and somebody beat his brains out. He ought to know better. He can't fight that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Couldn't have been in a fight. There isn't a mark on him. Oh, that's right. Gosh, what is wrong with him, Chief? He's having a nervous breakdown, that's what. Lois was right. Superman should have left him in that rest home. Yes. Superman. What about (laughs) Superman? I had to come here and tell you. Tell you. You had to tell us what? Adam Man. Adam Man? Yes. Miller. I must stop. Eh? Are you talking about Henry Miller? Yes. He's Adam Man. Box on his throat. 
power. Uh, he's nutty as a squirrel. Olson, call him. I know what he means. He means Miller's the Adam Man. What? Now, look here, Olson. Don't you go crazy, too. Oh, that must be it. Those sparks shooting out of Miller's hands. And he was a Nazi, and he was with Teufel. And before Teufel escaped to Germany with the kryptonite, he said he was going to create a, an Adam Man to destroy Superman. Well, that was why Mr. Kent was so worried. Don't you remember? Yes, I remember, all right. Kent wouldn't listen to me, and he worried himself into a nervous breakdown. An Adam Man destroying Superman. I've heard enough of that nonsense from Kent. Now, I don't want to hear any more of it from you. But I, I said stop it. Well, Kent's out of his mind, and now you want to drive me, Batty, too. But he just said Henry Miller was the Adam Man. Does he act like he knows what he's talking about? He must have seen a headline about Miller being on that beach with Teufel, and so now he thinks that Miller is an Adam Man. I... I'm going to take him to my own doctor right now, and then maybe I'll take him to Florida. I... He listened to me. He'd gone there last week. There's a box on his throat. Yes, 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 yes. Sure, 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 sure. Now, come on, Kent. Up on your feet, boy. I... Now, you come with me, and I'll take care of you. All right. Uh, answer the phone, Olsen. And if it's for me, say I'm out. I don't know when I'll be back. Let Lois and Burroughs handle me. Okay. Uh, Mr. White's office. Jim Olsen speaking. Uh, you come along, Kent. I'm here now, and you'll be all right. Oh, hello, Dr. Millison. Mr. Kent? Oh, no. He was in, but he just went out again. He's sick. He... Oh, but he couldn't call you, Dr. Millison. He... Well, I know how to get in touch with Superman. Are you kidding? I mean, excuse me, of course I don't. Yes, I'll tell Mr. Kent as soon as I see him again. Okay, bye. Asking me if I can get in touch with Superman. Some people must think he works here or something. Replacing the phone, Jimmy Olsen looks anxiously after the dazed, staggering Clark Kent, who is being led away by Perry White. Why is Dr. Millicent, the famous scientist who was unable to help Superman defend himself against the power of the kryptonite, now so eager to contact him? We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. You know, gang, that old phrase, as much fun as a barrel of monkeys, is kind of out of date. Nowadays, it's as much fun as a collection of comic buttons. Yes, sir, these new comic buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pep are a barrel of fun. There's a doggone smart looking in the first place, right on the beam. The full color pictures of your funny sheet favorites stand out like anything against the clear white background. Then, there's the kick that you get out of adding another button to your collection and swapping any duplicates with your friends. Thanks to the grand old Kellogg Company, it's easy as one, two, three to collect all 18 different buttons. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. That's the only way you can get these nifty comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Just look inside the pet package, and there you are. One of these exciting new comic buttons, or a military insignia or warplane button. Don't forget now, there's a prize for you in every package of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Shortly after the dazed Superman and his guise of Clark Kent was led from the Daily Planet by his anxious editor, Sidney, the sinister fat man, wedged himself into a phone booth in a drugstore and made a call. Hello, this is Sidney. Put him on the phone. Oh, this is Miller. Quiet, quiet. I know who you are. Oh, yeah, listen, did you get this? Mr. haven't you any sense? Of course I got it. Good, that's wonderful. Our party was cautious, so it took longer than I expected. But everything's arranged. Now pay attention. Don't interrupt. She don't know where to take you. You'll uh, fix your hair and your clothes as he directs before you leave. You understand? Yes. Where are we going? To... I said don't interrupt. You uh, have 
the uh, formula written down. Yes. We'll bring it with you. We'll find out if it works. I'll meet you. That's all. Extricating himself with difficulty from the phone booth, Sidney waddles through the crowded drugstore to the street, his moonlight face showing no sign of the greedy eagerness in his fat body. For in his overcoat pocket, wrapped in lead foil and clutched tightly in his pudgy hand, is a small piece of green glowing radioactive kryptonite, the deadly element which, when dissolved and injected into Henry Miller's blood, will transform him once more into an atomic monster, able to destroy anything in his path. What will happen? Will Miller's formula, which he says he received from his father, dissolve the kryptonite? And what of Superman escaping death by only a miracle, and now dazed and helpless? Fellows and girls, Monday's episode is tense and exciting, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Left for dead on a lonely beach by Henry Miller, the Atom Man, Superman was brought to a country hospital where he lay in a coma for many hours. His identity unknown, but the following morning, weak and dazed, he managed to make his way back to the Daily Planet where he could only mumble strange words. Meanwhile, discovering that the solution of kryptonite in his blood which had made him an atom man had been exhausted in his titanic battle with Superman, Miller contacted a strange character known only as Sidney. Sidney, in turn, contacted the Scarlet Widow, who had stolen the original kryptonite fragment from the Metropolis Museum and forced her to sell him the last remaining piece of the element. As we continue now, Sidney, Miller, and a German chemist named Joseph Bush are in a laboratory in the attic of a metropolis bungalow. Suspended over a Bunsen burner is a quartz beaker in which a colorless liquid boils violently and gives off cloudy fumes. At the bottom of the beaker is a mass of green glowing powder. Bush, the chemist, is speaking. You are sure you gave me the right formula, Herr Miller? Positive. Six parts of hydrofluoride to one and a half parts of aqua region. You have not forgotten anything? Nope. It's the same formula my father worked out in Germany. I was there. And it dissolves the kryptonite, hmm? How else do you think it could have been injected into my blood? He ground it into a powder just as you did, then put it into a beaker with the hydrochloride in aqua region. Well, why are you asking all these questions, Bush? Because, Sidney, you can see for yourself, the kryptonite is not dissolving. I don't understand it. I do. Obviously, you didn't give Bush the right fork. But I did, Sidney. Then why doesn't it work? I don't know. You don't know? You're a fool, my lad. I, for the first time in my life, have been a fool, too. Do you realize I paid the Scarlet Widow a million dollars for that spoonful of green powder? A million dollars? Yes. I had to get rid of Papa Roush besides, to 
keep him from getting it. If you had asked me first, mine Herr, I would have advised against it. The whole idea is fantastic. To create a human atom man. What do you mean, fantastic? Teufel did it with me, and I killed Superman with my atomic power. That I do not believe. I did, I tell you. Oh, stop it. Stop it, stop it. Boy's telling the truth. I happen to know the Teufel did inject kryptonite into his veins, and it did give him atomic power. It is difficult to believe. Never mind what you believe. Your job is to dissolve that stuff. Now go ahead, go ahead and do it. But the formula is wrong. It is not. You're a stupid fool, Bush. Schleinhund, I'll tell you. Stop it, stop it, both of you. Get to work, Bush. Dissolve that kryptonite. You do not seem to understand. To find the formula for dissolving such a hard element as this and one so complex takes years. Yes? Yeah. And even then it may fail. It had better not fail. I don't intend to lose my hard-earned money. <clears throat> Miller, you said you were sure of your father's formula. Positive. Then give it to Bush. Correctly. Or a policeman will find you in a dark alley tomorrow morning. <laughs> With one of Gito's sacrificial knives in your back. Now get busy. What's that? It's a ventilator fan. Carrying the fumes away. Ah, it still does not dissolve. Miller, try to remember. There must have been some other agent, some catalyst with the acids. No. No, no, I can't remember any. There must have been. Try to remember. Did your father perhaps add acetone? No. Or ethyl iodine or molybdenum? He tried molybdenum first, but it didn't work. Perhaps copper chromite then? No. Or sulfurochloride? He tried that too, but... Phosphorus oxychloride? No. Keep trying, Bush. Keep trying. Maybe he'll remember. What is the use? There are 10,000 chemicals which might have been used, but it is clear this young fool does not remember. Wait. Wait a minute. Uh, I just remembered. I think my father did use another chemical. Yeah? What? Quickly, what was it? I'm trying to think. Wait a minute. It seems to me that he did something to the powder before he put it into the beaker with the hydrofluoride. Yes. Yes, he did. What did he do? What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, it was the night he told Teufel and me that he finally had the right formula. Teufel asked him what it was, and he said, he said, six parts hydrofluoride, one and a half parts aqua regia. That we know. Uh, quiet, quiet. Let's go on. Go Teufel on. got terribly excited and, and started to measure out the acids. My father told me to bring him the teapot. I knew he was very tired. He'd been working night and day for almost a week. I brought the pot to the slab of stone he was using for a table... And then went to the other end of the cave for the hot water kettle. What is this talk of teapots and kettles? Tell us. I'm coming to it. Wait. When I got back with the kettle of water, my father waved it away. He was just putting the teapot down, and I remember noticing that the kryptonite powder in the mortar was wet, and that it hissed and gave out sparks. I didn't think anything about it at the time. I was excited and tired, too. But now I think he poured the tea brew on the powder. What? Tea brew? Yes, it must have been that. He had the pot in his hand... And Teufel had the acid several feet away where my father had rigged up a coal oil burner. You, you think it could have been the tea, Bush? In theater, it's only tannic acid. Could that do it? Of course not. It must have been the tea. Oh, such stupid, childish talk. Confound you, Bush! Look here, look here, look here, Bush, Bush. We're getting, we've got nothing to lose except my million dollars. And I don't intend to lose that. Now, try the tea. What? It is a waste of time, an insult to my intelligence. I said, try it. All right. I will have to empty the acid into another beaker. Miller, go down to the kitchen and ask my wife for the teapot. Okay, and I'll bet it works. You'd better pray that it does. It's a waste of time. Nothing else. Time is less valuable than money. Time is, and if it works, I'll have all the money I want. 
all the money in the world. Think of it, Bush. How much do you think the Bank of England would pay not to have London blown into dust? <laughs> How much do you think they'll pay to have me spare them? It's impossible. Eric, even if this kryptonite can be dissolved, once it is injected into Miller's system, he will die. He didn't die the last time, and he's begging to take the chance again for the glory of the fatherland. I've got the teapot. Bring it here. Here you are. I know this is senseless, but since you wish it... So... See how it hisses and sparks. Right, it does. Wait. The father is not yet dissolved. We're in the hydrofluoride in aqua regia. That is what I am doing. Anything happening yet? Not yet. Do not stand so close. These fumes are very dangerous. Say, Himmel, what is it? It's a powder. Yeah. It's actually beginning to dissolve. It is? Yeah. See how it is slowly disappearing. How the liquid becomes a deeper and deeper green. This is amazing. Didn't I tell you? You called me a fool. You said I was stupid. Now what do you say? What? His eyes blazing with triumph, Henry Miller watches the kryptonite powder slowly dissolve in the hissing, boiling acid. Will this deadly brew make him once more a human atomic monster, able to destroy anything in his path? We'll return in a moment for the climax of today's episode. But first, here's a word from your announcer. You know, gang, one of the best things about this new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Hat is putting out is that you keep right on having fun. Yes, sir. This isn't something that you do in a minute and then forget. You get loads of fun for weeks and weeks. First off, it's mighty exciting to see which button is inside the package when Mom opens a new package of pet. Maybe it's a comic button that you don't have yet. Maybe Lilums or Herbie or Haroldine or maybe even Superman, complete with cape and Superman insignia. But if it's a duplicate, that's even more fun because then you can scout around and see which one of your pals has a different button to swap with you. Now, it's a cinch to collect all 18 different buttons. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a package or two of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Remember, you can't buy these new comic buttons, and you don't send in any money, not even a box stop. They come only as prizes inside the Pep package. So get busy. Ask Mom to get you a package of Pep tomorrow. Then see which prize you find inside. One of these smart new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. That's P-E-P-Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. As Henry Miller, Sidney, and their Nazi chemists succeed at last in dissolving the kryptonite, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, is high above the city in a transport plane with Editor Perry White. The man of steel's mind is still numb and dazed from his battle with the Atom Man, and he mumbles strangely, almost incoherently... Yes, sir, Kent. A few weeks in Florida will make you as good as new again. Doctor agreed with me. All you need is some rest and sunshine and freedom from worry. Must stop Miller. Got to stop him. Now, now, now. Just get Miller off your mind. I can't. He's another dirty Nazi, that's all. The police will take care of him. Oh, no, they can't. Miller. Miller is the... The atom man. Now, now, forget Miller, I tell you. Just concentrate on getting well. But we've... Yes, sir, we're going to have a fine time. I needed a little vacation, too. But you... We'll sun ourselves on the beach and get in some good deep-sea fishing. Listen, there's a box on his throat. That box controls his power. What box on what throat? Miller... No, that again. Now listen to me, Kent. Oh, For your own good, you've got to forget about Miller and everything else. Wait. Just think about getting a lot of sunshine and rest. But... Only I know 
Only I... Only I can stop him from... From destroying... Only I... Must get that box... Before he... Sees me... Can't. Will you stop it? Only I... Oh, but... There's something wrong with me. I have no strength. It's hard to think. Only I stop it. Only I... Weak and dazed, Clark Kentowitz Superman repeats the same phrase over and over, trying vainly to recapture his former strength, while the plane speeds him farther and farther from Metropolis, soon to be threatened by Henry Miller and the sinister Sidney. What will happen? Only Superman knows the menace of Henry Miller and the secret of his power. But Superman is helpless now. Fellows and girls, there are thrills and excitement ahead for you in tomorrow's episode. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Dazed and helpless after his defeat by Henry Miller, the Atom Man, Superman and his guys of Clark Kent was taken to Florida by Perry White, who believed Kent was suffering from a nervous breakdown. Meanwhile, discovering that the kryptonite in his blood which enabled him to generate atomic power had been exhausted in his mighty battle with Superman, Miller contacted a strange individual known only as Sidney, who secured for him the Scarlet Widow's last remaining piece of kryptonite in the attic laboratory of Joseph Bush, a German chemist. The deadly element was dissolved. As we continue now, Miller lies on the couch, breathing heavily, his eyes closed. A long rubber tube extends from a clamp on his bare arm to a glass cylinder suspended above, in which a brilliant green liquid is slowly disappearing. Sidney sits wedged into a chair as Bush nervously tests Miller's pulse. Listen. Uh, well, Bush, <clears throat> how's it look? His pulse is very rapid. Over a hundred. Uh, I should think it would be. <clears throat> that kryptonite powerful stuff. I would feel better if he had a doctor here. I didn't have a doctor in the cave in Germany when Teufel injected the stuff into Miller the first time. <laughs> Fewer people involved, the better. It's always been my motto. But what if something goes wrong? He would not know what to do. Uh, time enough to call a doctor there. What's that confounded noise? Uh, the ventilator fan. Well, turn it off. It is not yet safe to do so. The fumes of the acids we use are very dangerous. They must be cleared from the room. Oh, well, sit down and relax. You make me nervous. How can I relax? Nothing like this has ever been dreamed of before. Imagine a human being able to generate atomic power within his own body. Well, Miller can, Bush, he can. I had a first-hand report on his demonstration of the Black Forest. <laughs> he got rid of Superman, you know. I cannot believe that is true. I wouldn't go through with this if I didn't believe Superman was dead. Superman destroyed. It is amazing. 
Never did I believe such a thing was possible. <laughs> Neither did I. That's what convinced me to give the Scarlet Widow a cool million for her last piece of truth. <laughs> Why I expect to What is this? What's the matter? This has become very faint. While we were talking, I can hardly feel it at all. You can't? None. And see how pale we have become. Like that. He hardly breathes. I do not like this. Now, 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 now. Don't lose your head. I told you we should have a doctor. I'm a corner. Not yet, not yet. Disconnect the transfusion tube. The stuff's all out of the jar. But I do as I say and disconnect the tube. Yeah, you're all right. Wait, wait, wait. Miller told us he might go into a coma. He said it was like that in the cave in Germany. But this is not a coma. This man is almost dead. He must have forgotten some important detail about the transfusion. As it did as a dissolving formula. Well, he can't die. I paid the Scarlet with a million dollars. Please, let me call a doctor. If Miller's dead, a doctor can't help him. If he's alive, a doctor might spoil everything. We'll wait a while. What I... I said we'll wait a while. Sit down. What's that? The car stopped in front of the house. Well, look through the window and see who it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the police. Are you sure? Yeah, the police can't two officers. See, already at the front door, what do we do? They must have traced Millet. Well, they couldn't have. His hair is dyed and he wore an American Army officer's overcoat. My man's too smart to let anyone trail the car. <clears throat> let me think. What will we do? Uh, will you stop repeating that stupid question, let me think? Your wife's downstairs, isn't she? Nine, she is out. All right. They won't see anybody through the windows. They may leave. Plan to come back later. We can get away for them. Say, I'm not leaving. Give me... Uh, come on. Give me, a, give me a hand with Miller. What are you going to we'll... do? Put him on the floor behind the couch. Come on. Take his leg. Come on, hurry. It will not work. Let me search now. Uh, it's our only chance. I taught myself out of tough spots before. Oh, maybe, maybe I can do it again. Easy enough. Easy. There. They are still ringing. We are trapped. No, no. Get this bush. Let them in. And tell them, tell them you were working on experiment and didn't hear them. What kind of experiment? Never mind. Let me do the talking. Now, pull yourself together and let them in. That is madness. We are trapped, I tell you. Are they now? Do as I say. For heaven's sake, stop trembling. How can I? I'm afraid. My moment, please. I'll move the couch. <coughs> Closer to the wall. <coughs> there. Better drop something over him. In case they come up here and look behind the couch. Oh, that looks suspicious. Well, now let's see. Ah. Miller's coat. Well, I put it. No, no, closet here. I'll, I'll have to fold it and sit on it. First, I'll shut up that infernal ventilator. Now then, there. <sighs> the door's closed. Uh, I wonder what happened. Someone's running upstairs. Did I hope it. Did it. The door right. They're gone. Not allowed, you fool. Never was I so scared. What do they want? A car parked too close to the fire hydrant in front of the vacant lot next door. They are looking for the owner. Ah, my goodness. Never the first door. Come on. Help me move this couch away and get Miller back on it. He is dead. Better we leave him there until Jito can take him away at night. Uh, uh-huh. What is that? Uh, Miller, does that sound like he's dead? Come on. Can it really be that he is alive? Uh, what, what happened? Where, where am I? Where he's alive. There. Are you all right, Miller? Kryptonite was injected into you. Don't you remember? The kryptonite? Yes, of course. My atomic power, I have it again. I feel strong as if I could lift mountains. Just the way I felt the last time. Good, good. It'll be dark in an hour. You can test your atomic power then. 
And if it works... It'll work. <laughs> I can tell. I can feel it. In an hour, I'll destroy Metropolis. I'll destroy every stick and stone of it. I'm the Atom Man. <laughs> yes, indeed, you are my Atom Man. <laughs> maniacal gleam in his eyes, Henry Miller lifts his hand, gloating at the thought of the terrible atomic power that will soon pour through them. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But first, here's a word from your announcer, Dan McCullough. You know, I hear there's plenty of friendly competition among you fellows and girls nowadays to see who can collect the most different comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Isn't it swell fun trading any duplicates you get and adding to your collection? And don't these new comic buttons look keen, pinned on your jacket or dress or cap? The colors are so bright and gleaming, and the pictures of your comic strip favorites show up like anything against that white enameled background. Like Superman with his bright blue jersey and red Superman insignia. That famous Superman cape is a-flying in the wind, too. And Moon Mullen, boy, you'll get a chuckle out of that button. He's mighty comical with his popping eyes and big black cigar. Believe me, every single one of these 18 different buttons is really on the beam. Why, you'll want to collect them all. And you can, too, because they're easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You just ask Mom to get you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Then, see which prize you find inside the package. One of these smart new comic buttons, or a military insignia, or warplane button. It's your prize from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is an hour since Henry Miller awoke with a fresh solution of kryptonite in his veins. Dusk is drifting down over Metropolis. The city's millions, unaware of the terrible threat hanging over their heads, are hurrying homeward. In Joseph Bush's little attic laboratory, Sidney sits reading the evening edition of the Daily Planet, which Bush's wife has just brought him, while Miller paces the floor impatiently. Below, at the front door, Bush keeps watching. It's dark now, Sidney. What are we waiting for? Uh, it's not dark enough yet. Be patient. It'll be pitch dark by the time we get to the tower. I want it to be pitch dark when we leave here. Yeah. If he has done patience, is a valuable trait. <laughs> Try to cultivate it. What's this? Why? It's the good grief, Kennedy. What is it? Can what be? Superman. Possible he's alive? Superman alive? That's impossible. Why? He oh, must be. According to this newspaper story, the unidentified man who we know as Superman disappeared from the Linwood Hospital last night. But he couldn't have. The doctor said he was uh, dying. The doctor didn't know who that patient was. But we know. Oh, this is terrible. It ruins all our plans. Oh, no, it doesn't. Gosh, you fool. You think Superman's going to let you destroy Metropolis or any other place without defending it? He'll be there at the first explosion. No, he won't. He'll be afraid to come near me. Superman afraid to yell your mind. No, he knows I'll finish him this time. You couldn't finish him the last time after exhausting all your atomic energy. But I got the last piece of kryptonite from the widow. There's no more. Exhaust that, or Superman, we're through, Finney. No, no, he can't stand in my way again. He can't. There must be a way. Uh, there's no way we're late. All my great leads, all my million dollars, they're gone. There must be a way. With my great atomic power, that... Yes, of course. I forgot. There is a way. Teufel figured it out. What do you mean? Teufel knew how Superman could be finished. He wanted me to do it, but I wouldn't listen to him. I was sure that Superman was dead. But now I will do it, and I can't fail. Well, what are you talking about? Tell me. All right. Listen, Sidney. Superman has another identity. I know what it is, but he doesn't know that I do. I won't have to exhaust myself. Triumphantly, the Atom Man confides his plan for the destruction of Superman to the intent Sidney. 
the plan developed by the late and brilliant and half-mad Teufel, who had thought of everything. As Sidney listens, his little pig eyes sparkle like cold blue diamonds in his sinister moonlight face. You've hit it, Miller. You've hit the perfect plan. <laughs> Superman can't escape now. He's doomed. <laughs> what was Teufel's plan, which the Atom Man and Sidney now proposed to put into operation? Do you remember what Teufel said just before he died? Fellows and girls, a new and even more terrible threat menaces Superman now. A threat he himself once voiced as the only way in which he could be destroyed. Tomorrow, the fatal trap is baited for the man of steel. So don't fail to be with us then. Tune in, same time, same station. And thrill to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. While Clark Kent, who as we know is Superman, was taken to Florida by Perry White after his narrow escape from destruction at the hands of Henry Miller, the Nazi Atom Man, Miller was being injected with another solution of radioactive kryptonite, which enables him to generate deadly atomic power within his own body. Miller was preparing to destroy Metropolis when Sidney, the sinister fat spy with whom he has allied himself, discovered through a newspaper item that Superman was still alive. Sidney convinced Miller 
that their plans for world domination were hopeless while the man still lived. As we continue now, in the little attic laboratory of a German chemist, Miller is telling Sidney how Superman can be destroyed. Listen. In spite of Superman's great powers, he's still immortal, a human being. The doctors and scientists that he permitted to examine him have said so. I know that. I know that. Get to the point, Miller. What are you driving at? It's like this, Sidney. Human beings have to eat and drink or they die. Uh, so all we have to do is to put Superman into a coma and keep him that way until he starves to death. That's all we have to do. Eh? Just put Superman in a coma. Are you out of your mind? It's easy. Superman can't stand the atomic power of the kryptonite in my blood. I'll expose him to it again. How can you without... It's easy, I tell you. I'll let him know that I'm going to destroy Metropolis. He'll show up to try to stop me, and that'll be the end of it. It'll also be the end of your atomic power, and then we're off. No, it won't. Of course it will. Oh, you idiot. Wasn't it exhausted after your last fight with Superman? Yes, but I exhausted it the last time because I kept trying to finish Superman after he was unconscious. This time I won't do that. As soon as he loses consciousness, I'll stop. Uh, it might take too much power to knock him out. I don't think so. The last no, time... No, no, we can't take any chances. Superman's clever as well as powerful. He knows what you can do now, and he'll be more careful. He'll make you fight longer. I can handle You're a fool. Can't you get it through your head that this is the last of the kryptonite? You've got to conserve every ounce. Must be some other way. I've got to find it. Well, Sidney, I... Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. You said... That you and Teufel were sure that Superman's Clark Kent, the Daily Planet report. Practically sure. Teufel treated my vest with lead to keep the emanations of the kryptonite in my blood from escaping. And when I came near Kent while I was wearing it, nothing happened. But when I approached him without it, he became dazed and he almost collapsed just as Superman. That's not conclusive proof. Kent might have been ill that day. But was there anything else? Yes. I got Superman to the beach by phoning Kent and telling him that Jim Olsen was in great danger. Superman arrived within half a minute, and the beach is 50 miles from Metropolis. Oh, that's better. Much better. Uh, so Clark Kent, Superman. Uh, now we get in someplace. Oh, what's on your mind? I've got an idea. Yeah. Tell me. Kent has no idea that you suspect his double identity, has he? No, of course not. Good. Very good. Very good. Uh, one other thing. You say Superman becomes affected by the kryptonite in your blood, even when you're not converting it into atomic energy. Yes. When I met him at the Daily Planet that night, he almost passed out. Fine. Why, excellent. Miller, I, I believe I know how it can be done. Yes, I'm quite sure I do. Why? Exposing Superman to your power, of course, and keeping him under it until he's done for without you having to exhaust the power. Ah. <laughs> Oh, this is good. Now, look, Sidney, if you're figuring on my walking up to him or sitting next to him in a restaurant or something, it won't work. He knows I, it. I, I'm quite aware of and that. And a disguise won't work either. His x-ray vision will see right through that. Uh, I know that, too. In fact, I know much more about Superman than you do. I, I, I've made a study of him for years, trying to find a way to get rid of him. And now i found the way. <laughs> Which way? Tell me. I'll tell you in the car. <laughs> Where are we going? to make the necessary arrangements for eliminating Superman. Careful on those stairs, my boy, careful. The carpet seems a bit loose. <laughs> Can't afford to have anything happen to you now, you know. There are millions at stake, millions. And oh, how I love my money. His fat body shaking with greedy laughter, Sidney leads the atom man from the attic laboratory. Meanwhile, having arrived at a small hotel on the Florida coast with Perry White, Superman and his guys of Clark Kent immediately retired to his room. 
where he fell into a deep, dreamless sleep. Late the following morning, when he joined his editor on the sunny breakfast terrace overlooking the sparkling blue ocean, his step was firm, his eyes clear, and the heavy numbness which had clouded his mind since his encounter with the Atom Man was gone. Good morning, Chief. Well, well, good morning, Cat. Say, you look fine like your old self. How do you feel? Oh, in the pink, as Jimmy would say. I never saw anyone make such a speedy recovery. Why, you're a new man. Yes, but I'm still worried. Now, 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 none of that, none of that. No worries. No thinking about the office or anything else for two weeks. Two weeks? Are you kidding? I certainly am not. I arranged for both of us to be gone for two full weeks. Oh, We're just going to fish, swim, lie in the sun, eat and sleep. Now, how's that sound? Uh -huh. Sounds fine, but did you arrange it with the Atom Man, too? Huh? With the what? Henry Miller, the Atom Man. Henry Miller, the... No, 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 look here, Ken. Don't go off on that subject again. That's what made you sick. It made me sick, all right, but not in the way you think. What do you mean? There's no such thing as a not a man. Miller's a dirty Nazi, all right, but don't... Oh, Chief, please. Well, now, 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 look, Ken. In the first place, you're not well enough to go back. Physically, I never felt better in my life. Physically? But how about mentally? What do you mean? You're a sick man, Ken. You created some kind of a fantastic illusion in your mind about an not a man. I only wish you were an illusion. Unfortunately, though, he's real. And unless we stop him, most of us will be dead in a month. Oh, all the ridiculous nonsense. Oh, no, look here, Kent. Listen to reason. You told me yourself that Dr. Millicent, one of the greatest scientists we have, told you that it was practically impossible to create another man. And that it... Oh, say, say, that reminds me. What? Millicent was trying to get hold of you. He was? When? Where? Why didn't you tell me? Oh, how could I? First you weren't around, and then you were sick. He was phoning the office practically every oh, hour. Hey, hey, where are you going? You haven't had your breakfast. I've got to call Millicent. Maybe he was able, able to... Able to what? Now sit down. Here comes your breakfast. Hey, you call Millicent later. I can't wait. This may make all the difference. So long, Chief. Kent, will you come back here? Kent, come back, I said. Well, Chief, Kent. that case Henry arranged it for my benefit, but if those calls from Millicent mean what I think they do... Let's see, where can I... Oh, that patch of bushes behind the terrace ought to be for the dressing room. There we are. Now, off with these clothes. Good thing I had another Superman outfit. The Atom Man certainly ruined my other one. Next time we meet, maybe it'll be different. Maybe... Only Millicent has been able to... Ah, oh, there we are, all set. Now, back to Metropolis. Up and away! <laughs> Leaping high into the sunlit clouds, Superman veers and rockets away to the north. Red cape streaming in the wind. Will he find what he hopes at Dr. Millicent's laboratory? We'll return in a moment to learn what happens. But right now, here's Dan McCullough to tell you about that wonderful series of comic buttons. You know, gang, since Kellogg's Pep began putting out those smart-looking new comic buttons, I've learned a thing or two. For instance, one of the girls in our neighborhood was showing me her button with Winnie Winkle on it. And I learned that Winnie's hairdo is called a page boy. And Winnie's brother, you know, the little kid with a soft bow tie, has a name that's a sort of a joke. You know, Periwinkle. Well, a Periwinkle's a plant or a little sea snail. And what I'm learning about the fun you fellows and girls are having collecting all 18 different buttons... These buttons are just about the best-looking things you ever saw, in brilliant colors on a clear white background. Aren't you glad it's so easy to collect these swell comic buttons? Why, you don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, there's an exclusive prize, one of these swell new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. It's your prize from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. 
Once more in possession of his great powers, Superman has arrived at Dr. John Millicent's laboratory on the campus of Metropolis University. Eagerly now, he holds in his hand what is, at first glance, only a modern plastic trousers belt. But woven under the smooth, glossy surface is a network of fine, hardly discernible wire filaments, which cross and crisscross through the entire belt. You say this belt will detect the presence of kryptonite, Dr. Millicent, and warn me of it? If there's any kryptonite within a hundred yards, the belt will warn you. How? There's an alarm, secreted in the buckle. Oh, yes, yes, I see it. It'll send out a high, wavering whine. Not very loud, but you'll hear it. You say it'll detect the presence of kryptonite within a radius of a hundred yards. Well, I say that conservatively. It may detect it at a greater distance, but a hundred yards is certain. Good. It's constructed along a principle of radar, which was perfected during the war. Now look, Doctor, this is terribly important. Will it detect kryptonite in liquid form, in a man's body? In a man? Oh, oh you've still got Teufel's atom man on your mind. I'd forget that if I were you. Well, I can't. Because, you see, Teufel did create an atom man. Oh, come now, Superman. I tell you, he did, Doctor. I battled with him, and it's only a miracle that I'm still alive. Good heavens. You, you really mean... Yes, I do. Don't mention it to anyone. No sense alarming people until it's absolutely necessary. No, no, of course not. Why, I I can't believe it. That's true. Only too true. Unless I stop him, he'll destroy every vestige of civilization as we know it. Now, tell me, Doctor, this is important. Will the detector warn me of the presence of the Atom Man? Will it? Well, tensely, Superman waits for Dr. Millicent's answer. The answer which this time will truly mean life or death to him. Because at this very moment, Sidney is on his way to the Daily Planet to set a deadly trap for Clark Kent, whom he suspects is Superman. Fellows and girls, don't miss tomorrow's tense dramatic episode. There are a dozen thrills and surprises in store for you. So don't fail to tune in. Same time, same station. And follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. Ha <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate DX box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors! To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Discovering that Superman was still alive after his terrific battle with Henry Miller, the Nazi atom man, Miller and his sinister ally, Sidney, concocted a diabolical scheme to once and for all eliminate the Man of Steel. Meanwhile, again in possession of his great powers, Superman hurried to the laboratory of Dr. John Millison, a famous scientist, in response to an urgent summons. Millison gave him what appeared to be an ordinary plastic belt, but which was actually an extremely sensitive detector equipped to warn Superman of the presence of kryptonite, the deadly radioactive element which enables Miller to generate atomic power. Then Superman asked a question, the answer to which may mean the difference of life and death to him. Listen. Tell me, Dr. Millicent, will this detector belt warn me of of the atom man? Well, I... I think so. You do? Yes, the detector is extremely sensitive. Makes use of a new principle of radar, which we perfected just before the war ended. Of course, it won't register at nearly as great a distance as when the element is in its solid form. No, I can understand that. At what distance from the atom man will it register, would you say? Well, for a rough guess, I'd say about ten yards. Ten yards? That's only thirty feet. Yes. It might register at a greater distance, but I wouldn't count on it. Thirty feet? That's not much. But it might just give me time enough to take him by surprise and tear that box off his throat. That's my only chance to defeat him. What box? Well, he wears a small square metal box over his jugular vein. It has a tiny electronic tube in it and a switch. That box controls his power. I found out that much. Hmm. Sounds like an electronic converter designed to flash an impulse to the kryptonite atoms in his blood, starting on nuclear fission. No, no. It's impossible. He'd explode to bits. Everything he pointed his metal gloves at exploded except me. And he remained very much alive. Impossible. Wait. Did you say he wore metal gloves? Yes, they were meshed metal. Jagged green sparks poured out of the fingers like miniature lightning bolts. Amazing. What was the metal, do you know? I'm afraid I was too busy trying to stay alive to find out. It was gray-white, I can tell you that, with a sort of bluish cast. Those gloves are the secrets. And the converter, of course. I'd certainly like to see them. After my next encounter with the Atom Man, if I'm still alive, I'll bring them to you, Doctor. What makes you think you'll encounter him again? I'm sure I will. He said he intended to destroy me first and then enslave the rest of the world. But he knows now that he didn't destroy me. Chances are he's looking for me right now. How can he find you? Nobody knows where you go or, or even who you are. Yes, that's my ace card, my only salvation. Well, I'll be going now, Doctor. I can't tell you how grateful I am. Forget it. I did very little. I wish I could do more. You did a great deal. It may make all the difference. No, no, don't, don't bother to show me to the door. I'll use your skylight again if you don't mind. Of course not. So long. And thanks again. Goodbye. Best of luck. Up! Up! And away! Leaping through the open skylight, Superman leaves Dr. Millicent's laboratory and streaks away. A short time later, once more in the guise and garb of Clark Kent, he enters the Daily Planet city room and approaches Jimmy Olsen's desk. What? Mr. Kent? What? How? so startled, Jim. But but you're in Florida. You were awful sick and, and... Are you all right now? Fine, thanks. Oh, gee, that's swell. Well, Lois. She's out on a story. Where's Mr. White? <laughs> it's a silly conversation. He's in Florida. Oh, and that reminds me. I'll have to send him a wire. He won't know what happened to me. Oh, well, I guess you're all right again. When you start getting mysterious, it means you're in the groove. Let's hope I am. 
Jim, have there been any reports on our late friend and colleague, Henry Miller? No, not a one. He just disappeared. Listen, Mr. Kent. Hmm? Did you really mean it yesterday when you said he was the Adam man? Did I say that? Well, sure you did. Don't you remember? Oh, I, I guess you didn't know what you were saying, huh? Well, one guess is as good as another. I got some things to attend to. I'll see you later, Jim. Oh, now, look, Mr. Kent. Don't start clamming up on me again. Why? Well, you know something. I can tell by the way you act. Oh, here, I'll hang your overcoat up. Thanks. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like a little privacy. I've got a call or two to make. But we can have lunch together if you like. Okay. Hey, where'd you get that snazzy new belt? Oh, you like it? Yeah, it's keen. One of those fancy plastic jobs, huh? I guess you'd say that. Uh, Jim, send Beanie in, will you? I want to send a wire to the chief right away. He'll be having fits. Okay. What time do you want to go to lunch? Oh, 12.30, 1, whenever it suits you. Well, the earlier the better. You know me. I certainly do. 12.30, then. Check. Right. Ah, let's see a telegram. Sorry. Had to rush away. Very urgent matter. Hi, Mr. Cat. Just a minute, Beanie. I'm finishing a telegram. I'd like you to send it out right away, please. Okay. There's a fat geezer here who wants to see you. A what? Uh, here you are. A fat geezer. Oh? And very, very high claws. <laughs> He's wearing yellow gloves and spots and carrying a cane. Well, what's his name? Sidney. Sidney what? That's all he told me. He says he's got something very important to see you about. All right, send him in. And make sure that telegram goes at once, Beanie. Consider it done, Mr. Kent. Okay, Mr. Sidney, you can come in. His mind preoccupied with thoughts of the Atom Man, Clark Kent looks up indifferently as the fat Sidney, his tiny babyish mouth smiling benevolently in his moonlike face, waddles into the office. Kent is about to receive the shock of his life, so stay tuned in for the startling climax of today's episode. But first, your announcer. You know, gang, there aren't many prizes, or such doggone swell prizes, that you can get as easy as those new comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pet. Why, you don't have to spend a single penny of your allowance, and yet you can have the fun of collecting 18 different buttons, each one with a true-to-life picture of one of your favorite comic strip characters. It's no end of fun to add to your collection every time Mom opens a new package of pet. Fun to swap duplicates with your pals, too. And mighty exciting to wear all your buttons pinned on your jacket or dress or cap so everybody can see how many you've collected. And did I say these new comic buttons are easy to get? Why, you don't send in any money, not even a box top. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Then look inside the package for your prize. One of these slick-looking new comic buttons from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Sidney, the shrewd master spy who now controls the Atom Man, has just entered Clark Kent's office at the Daily Planet. Placing his Hamburg hat, yellow gloves, and cane on a corner of the desk, he wedges his fat body into a chair and leans uh, forward confidentially. Uh, I'm a retired businessman, Mr. Kent, and for several years I, uh, I've devoted myself to a, to a hobby. I think you'd be interested in it, and I need your cooperation. On what? Why, on my hobby, which I, I have reason to believe is the same as yours. <laughs> well, I'm afraid I don't understand. What hobby? Why, uh, Superman, of course. Superman? Yes. Why, why do you look so startled, Mr. Kent? Startled? I'm not startled. Oh, forgive me. I, I, I thought you were. Well, what makes you think Superman is, is my hobby? Perhaps I used the wrong word. Perhaps I could say he is my hobby and your work. My work? 
What do you mean by that? Oh, perhaps nothing, perhaps a great deal. But <laughs> let me tell you the real purpose of my visit. Yes, please, go ahead. Yes, well, well you see, I, I'm considering publishing a report of my studies on Superman, in, in which I, I would reveal to the world his true identity. His true identity? Of course, you know he has a double identity. He has? Come now, Mr. Gant, you know who he really is. I do? <laughs> Certainly you do. That's why before I publish my findings and expose his identity... No, no, you, you, I, you can't do that. You can't. Why? Why not? Because, well, you, you, you may be mistaken. I'm you. quite sure I'm not mistaken. Well, you, you may be. You, you, you must be. And if you published a false report, you'd, you'd cause a great deal of trouble. Yes, I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. That's, that's why I want your help. My help? How can I help you? As an expert on Superman, Mr. Ken, I'd like you to look over my documents and photographs and all the other material that I have on the subject. I see. Well, this sounds very interesting, Mr. Sidney. I'd, uh, I'd like to see your documents and other data. Yes, I was sure you would. <laughs> Shall we go now? I have a little place in the country. It's only about an hour's drive. Oh, no, I'm afraid I can't leave just yet, but I have a car, and then, well, perhaps this evening. Oh, whatever you say. My place is called Green Meadows. It's on a side road three and a half miles west of Glenville on Highway 33. You'll see a rustic sign saying Green Meadows and a dirt road through the trees. Uh, I'll find it all right. Ah, good. Good. Uh, I'll be expecting you then. Goodbye, Mr. Ken. Until tonight. Yes. Until tonight. Deeply worried, Clark Kent stares at the door through which Sidney waddled from the office and mutters to himself, does he really know who I am? Or is he only bluffing? If he does know, what's his game? Is it blackmail? I've got to find out how much he knows and keep him from publishing it. If the Atom Man knew Superman was Clark Kent, well, that'd be the end. For me. Yes, Clark. And unfortunately, the Atom Man <laughs> does know you're Superman. And so does Sidney. Are you going to walk into their trap? Think fast and act fast, faster than even you have ever thought before, because once again your life is at stake. Fellows and girls, don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode, whatever you do. Tune in, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up on the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Respecting the truth that Clark Kent is in reality Superman 
and determined to eliminate him before attacking the rest of the world, Henry Miller, the Nazi atom man, and Sidney, the master spy, set a trap for the Man of Steel. Calling on Kent at the Daily Planet, Sidney stated that he had made a careful study of Superman as a hobby and had discovered his double identity. But before publishing his report, he wished Kent to examine his documents. Fearful that Sidney might really know the truth and that the Atom Man might in turn discover it, Kent agreed to come to Sidney's country house that night. As we continue now, the fat spy has just left, and Kent, throwing open his office door, calls to Jimmy Olsen. Listen. Jim! Oh, Jim! Yeah? Come here, please. Hurry. What's up, Mr. Kent? Step on it before he gets away. Well, before who gets away? That fat man, Sidney. I don't see any fat Come in and close the door. Now, listen closely, Jim, and don't interrupt. He's getting into the elevator. Well, who is? Sidney. Now, well, wh- who's Sidney? Said, don't interrupt. I want you to call Inspector Henderson. Don't touch that desk. Oh, gosh, what? There are fingerprints on it. Whose fingerprints? Sidney's. Now, will you please be quiet and listen? Okay, Call well, Henderson I... and ask him as a personal favor to me to get a fingerprint man up here at once. I want the prints taken off this corner of the desk and identified if possible. You got that? Oh, sure, but what's this all about? No time to tell you now, Jim. Ask Henderson if he knows anything about a man named Sidney, a retired businessman who lives at Green Meadows. That's a few miles north of Glenville on Highway 33. Have you got that? Sidney, retired businessman, Green Meadows. Check. Good. Then call Candy Myers and tell him I want all the dope he can get on Mr. Sidney at once. Now, today. I'll either be back later for the information or I'll call you. Now, get going. Okay, but where are you going? I'll explain everything later, Jim. Get on the phone and call Henderson first and then Candy Myers. Hurry. Now, out of these clothes. There's no doubt about it. Sidney was implying that I'm Superman. Got to find out more about him. Uh-oh, he's getting into that big black car at the curb. I'll just follow him as Superman. There we are, all set. The window's open, I'll go out that way. Up and away! Now, oh, where is he? Oh, there's his car. Up higher. Up! He's heading west toward River Road. Away! Leaping higher into the bright, cloudless sky like some great red and blue bird, Superman streaks above the metropolis traffic, which moves like a procession of tiny ants far below. His keen eyes never leave the big black car in which Sidney drives, and he follows it through the outskirts of the city, then into the country on a broad, rolling highway. A little over an hour later, when the car turns off the highway into a narrow dirt road through the trees, Superman is still high above, watching it stop before a low, rambling house of stone and timbers into which Sidney enters. Dropping a little lower, the man of steel hovers, his eyes searching, probing. Just one other person in the house, a manservant, oriental of some sort. Nothing suspicious so far. He... Wait a minute. That closet in his room. I can't see into that. Oh, it's made of mirrored doors opening into the room and bathroom. I can't see through the lead backing on the mirrors. The closet ceiling must have been painted with a heavy lead paint. Ah, Sidney's lying down on his couch. Looks like he's going to take a little nap. Well, I'll just look over the ground. As Superman searches the ground surrounding the house and the nearby woods, Sidney, reclining on the couch, his eyes closed, speaks in a low voice, barely moving his lips, addressing his remarks to Henry Miller, the atom man, who was concealed in the glass-doored closet at the foot of the couch. Uh, don't. Don't open the door any wider, Miller. Stuff in here. Well, we can't take any chances. Superman may be above the house at this very moment. What makes you think that? Well, he's no fool. I hinted very strongly to Kent that I believe he's Superman, so he'll naturally be suspicious of me. 
and look the place over thoroughly before he comes here tonight. You shouldn't have made him suspicious. I had to, or he wouldn't bother to show up. I purposely laid myself open to him so that when he comes here tonight, he won't possibly think that I'm in league with you or with any other of his enemies. <laughs> I was even careful to leave some good fingerprints on his desk, <laughs> which I'm sure that he'll investigate. You left your fingerprints? <laughs> Naturally. Don't worry, don't. There's no record of them in Washington or anywhere else. When, when Mr. Kent and the police get through investigating me, they'll... They'll find out exactly what I said I was. A retired businessman with an apartment in town and a house in the country. <laughs> well, I hope yeah, I'm always right, Miller. Can't afford to be wrong. I've gone over every detail. Superman or Kent will certainly come here tonight. And while you remain in that closet, he can't see you. There's a sheet of lead in the ceiling and heavy lead backing behind the mirrored walls. You're positive he can't see through lead? Positive. Now remember, when Kent arrives, I'll bring him in here. If he's Superman, he'll become dazed, as you say he did at the Daily Planet when you approached him. Yes, he practically collapsed. If that happens tonight, I'll call to you. You got your converter and metal gloves? Yes, right here in my pocket. You'll have them on. We'll take him outside and you'll expose him to just enough atomic power to make him lose consciousness. Then we'll keep him in a coma until he finally starves to death. <laughs> Will Clark Kent, who is Superman, step into the trap set by Sidney and the Atom Man? We'll return in a moment to find out. But right now, I see that Dan McCullough is waiting to talk to you. You know, uh, I guess I'm a pretty forgetful guy. All week long, I've forgotten to put in a special plug for the girls who are collecting those swell new comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. And everybody knows that the girls get just as much fun of these slick-looking buttons as the fellows do. No wonder... It's mighty exciting when Mom opens a new package of pep to see which button you'll find inside. Maybe it's a comic character that you don't have yet, like Orphan Annie or her dog Sandy or Haroldine or even Superman himself. Or maybe it'll be a duplicate so that you can have the fun of swapping with one of your friends. But whichever comic strip character it is, it's bound to be doggone smart looking. And these buttons sure do show up when you pin them on your jacket or dress or cap. And they're so easy to get. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Why, you can't even buy them anywhere. They come only as exclusive prizes in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Ask Mom to get you some Pep tomorrow. Then, see which prize you find inside the package. One of these dazzling new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. There's a button in every package of P-E-P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. The big clock in the city room of the Metropolis Daily Planet shows 20 minutes past 7 o'clock in the evening. Only a few reporters, hats tipped back on their heads, still sit at their typewriters. Jimmy Olsen, feet cocked on his desk, slumps back in his chair, snoring gently, as Clark Kent enters and walks swiftly to the boy reporter. All right, wake up, Jim. Uh, where? Oh, Mr. Kent... Gosh, I was having the worst dream. Teufel had us tied oh, up. Oh, never mind your dreams now. What about Sidney? Sidney? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Well, he's okay, Mr. Kent. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who you thought he was, but... Did it... Inspector Henderson have his fingerprints checked? Mm-hmm. A guy from headquarters was here right after you left. Henderson called just a little while ago and said to tell you there was no record of Sidney's fingerprints in the department or in Washington. Mm -hmm. Did Henderson know anything about Sidney? Yeah, he said he never heard of him. How about Candy Myers? Did he check on Sidney? Uh-huh. 
He said Mr. Sidney is a retired businessman, like he told you. He used to be a partner in a glass importing company. He retired three years ago, and Candy says made a pile of money. Yeah, the house he lives in must have cost a pretty penny. Oh, go on, Jim. What else? Well, he's a bachelor, and he's got an apartment in the Oglethorpe Apartments and a house in the country near Glenville. Hmm? He calls it Green Meadows. The doorman and elevator boys at the Oglethorpe told Candy Sidney was a nice, quiet guy. Oh, yeah, he belongs to the Metropolis Athletic Club. Well, that's a good, respectable club. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he's got a valet named Gito. Yes, I saw him. So both Inspector Henderson and Candy Myers give Sidney a clean bill of health. Eh? Yeah, he's white as a lily. Huh. Well, look, Mr. Kent, what's this all about? Why were you suspicious of him? Well, what's the difference? I watched the place practically all afternoon, and I couldn't see anything to worry about either. Hey, look, I almost starved waiting for you to have lunch. Let's go have dinner, and you can tell me about it. No, huh? can't do it, Jim. I've got an appointment. Oh, shucks. Well, come on, we'll go downstairs together. No, you go ahead. I've I got one or two things to do before I leave. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, good night. Good night, Jim. Oh, these clothes again. Ah, looks like I spent a lot of time, did a lot of worrying for nothing. Sidney seems to be all right. If he does think I'm Superman, I might be able to talk him out of it. Or at least, since he's a decent citizen, persuade him to keep it under his hat. There we are, all set. Up with the window. And out to Green Meadows. Up and away! Leaping into the air, Superman streaks through the dark night to Sidney's house in the wooded countryside. Where, after searching above the house carefully again, he drops to earth and resumes the garb and guise of reporter Clark Kent. Then, ascending the three stone stairs to the heavy oak door, he rings the bell. Well, good evening, Mr. Kent. I'm just delighted to see you. Delighted. Come right in. Oh, thanks, Mr. Sidney. Uh, Gito will take your hat and your coat. Oh, all right. You've no idea how glad I am to see you. Thank you, Gito. Gets quite lonesome out here in the country alone. I was just sitting here listening to the radio. But now that you're here... We can have an interesting evening <laughs> with Superman. With Superman? Discussing him, of course. <laughs> you will just follow me, Mr. Kent. Yes. I have all my material in my study. Fine. I'm very anxious to see it. Unaware of the deadly, inescapable trap he is stepping into, Clark Kent follows Sidney down the hall to the study. Where in the lead-lined closet which Superman's X-ray vision cannot penetrate waits the deadly Atom Man. The electronic converter fastened to his throat. The strange metal gloves on his hands. What will happen? Can anything save Superman now? Don't miss Monday's thrilling episode. Be sure to be with us then. Same time, same station. To hear the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. 
able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Convinced it is necessary to eliminate Superman before attempting to control the world, Sidney, the cunning international spy who was in league with Henry Miller, the Nazi atom man, set a mortal trap for the Man of Steel. Telling Kent, whom he suspects is Superman, that he had discovered the double identity of the Man of Steel, Sidney invited him to his country house, supposedly to examine some important documents. Suspicious, Kent had Sidney investigated, but learned only that he was a successful retired businessman, as he claimed. After studying the house and grounds for hours, Kent, wearing a special plastic belt designed to indicate the presence of atomic energy, finally rang the bell that evening, his fears gone. Sidney admitted him and led him to his study where, concealed in a closet lined with lead-backed mirrors, which neither Superman's X-ray vision nor kryptonite can penetrate, waits the deadly atom man. The closet door is closed, and Sidney motions Kent to an armchair only a few feet away. Listen. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Kent. I think you'll find that chair quite comfortable. Thank you. May, may I offer you a cigar or a cigarette? No, thanks. I don't smoke. Perhaps you'll have a drink. I will. Well, thank you. I don't drink, drink either. I don't get any trouble for me, please. Oh, no trouble at all. No idea how delighted I am to have you here. You are? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you see, I lead a pretty lonely life since I retired from business. I have no family. I happen to have enough money for my needs, uh -huh. so I have nothing to occupy my time, except my hobby. Mm, I see. Yes, I believe you said your hobby was uh, Superman. Uh, yes, that's right. And you know how a man with a hobby is. He likes to talk to others with the same interest. I, I imagine you and I know more about Superman than anyone else in the world. Uh, we do? Of course we do. <laughs> I, because I've given years of study and research to the subject, and you, <laughs> for obvious reasons. I'm afraid I don't understand. Oh, come now, Ken. There's no need to be cagey with me. I, I told you that I discovered Superman's double identity, didn't I? I remember you mentioning it this morning. Yes. Mm, but you don't believe it. Oh, I didn't it? say that. But you meant it. Oh, no. I, I don't blame you. Hundreds of men richer than I, powerful men, good and bad, try to discover who Superman really is. I rather flatter myself that it was I who finally solved the mystery. If you have solved it. Of course I have, of course. <laughs> Took me a long time, a lot of work, but <laughs> I solved it. <laughs> All right, then I'll ask you the $64 question. Who is Superman? <laughs> Why, you, of course. I, naturally. Couldn't be anyone else. Didn't you know, deny it? Oh, so, so I'm Superman, eh? Well, you're certainly very flattering. I, I, I've investigated a story after story in which both you and Superman were involved. Most of them written under your name, by the way. Oh, well, that doesn't prove anything. Oh, perhaps not, but I, I, I've noticed a situation in almost every story which is the same. Oh? <laughs> Each time, just before Superman appeared, you disappeared. And each time after Superman disappeared, you reappeared. Oh, haven't you ever heard of coincidence? And a coincidence repeats itself time after time. It ceases to be a coincidence, Kent. <laughs> and, and don't you think it's strange, to put it mildly, that while other members of your staff were seen with Superman many times, you, who had more contact with him than anyone else, were never seen with him? 
Oh, you're sure about that? Then I've never been seen with him. Oh, positive. I, I, I've got a filing cabinet in the closet here. Filled with stories that prove my point. Let me show you that. No, 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 don't bother. Well, no bother at all. <laughs> It'll be a pleasure. Well, it isn't necessary. Since I wrote the stories, I know what's in them. Sit down again, please. I, uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, ready to confess? No, no, no. Look, Sidney. Hasn't it occurred to you that you're playing a pretty dangerous game? What do you mean? If Superman has another identity... He has. He's taken great pains to keep it secret. He's very powerful. He might resent your prying into his personal life. <laughs> you can't frighten me, Gent. <laughs> I've told you, I made a long and careful study of Superman. He's honest, fair-minded, always on the side of truth. He certainly wouldn't uh, persecute me for telling the truth. If it is the truth. Oh, it is, and you know it. Admit it, Ken. I'll admit nothing of the kind. <laughs> you are a stubborn chap, aren't you? <laughs> but I've got something in the closet that'll prove that I know what I'm talking about beyond the shadow of a doubt. No, wait, please. Oh, I, I've really waited long enough. Well, now. just a moment longer, please. Now, sit down again. Well, what is it? I'm, I'm going to confess this much to you. Superman has taken me into his confidence now and then, you might say. Oh, really? Yes, and so I happen to know that right at this moment he's in great danger. Amazing. What sort of danger is he in? Well, I can't tell you the details, but, uh, well, uh, a certain person, uh, a person more powerful than he is... A person is... more powerful than Superman. It's impossible. I tell you, it isn't. <laughs> this person is looking for Superman to destroy him. <laughs> And then destroy all civilization. Fantastic. Well, it may be, but it's true. Now, suppose you publish your report stating that I or anyone else is Superman. Just you. All right, all right. You say in print that I am. Don't you see that you're literally condemning me to death? Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Well, then think of it now. And promise me to forget all this. Forget it? Well, keep it to yourself, anyway. You're asking a great deal, Kent. Why? But I'll make a bargain with you. What's that? Admit that you're a Superman. No. Just, 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 just to be in confidence. I deserve to know the truth after all the work I've done. In return, I'll promise not to reveal your secret. What do you say? No. <laughs> I'll make you admit it. I got the proof right here. You're just wasting your time. I don't think so. Wait, wait, wait. Just a second, Ken. Oh, great Scott. What's that noise? It, it's my, my belt, my... My detector. Your what? My detector belt. There's kryptonite around here. Atomic energy. But where? I can't see it. I'm beginning to feel it, but I... I can't see it. Staring about wildly, Clark Kent feels himself growing weak as the emanations of the kryptonite in the atom man's blood reach him through the slightly open closet door behind him. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But right now, let's stand by for a word from our announcer. Say, gang, here's something I noticed about those new comic buttons you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Maybe you've noticed it, too, how every single one of those funny sheet characters looks so doggone happy. Yes, sir. You see, well, you probably noticed the big wide grin on Harold Teen, haven't you? And Lillums and Smitty and Superman, of course. Why, even uh, Orphan Annie's dog Sandy has a smile on his face. Looks a real he could bark hello any minute. 
Well, you see, these characters are straight from the funny papers, and they're done up in full comic strip colors, brilliant red and blue and black on a gleaming white background. They really stand out when you pin them on your jacket or dress or cap. Yes, sir, you'll want to collect all 18 of these sturdy metal buttons. And you can, easy as one, two, three. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy these new comic buttons anywhere. All you do is to make sure Mom gets you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, there's a colorful, exciting prize. One of these nifty new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Remember... You get these swell prizes only in packages of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Pretending that he wanted something in his lead-lined clothes closet, Sidney opened the mirrored door a few inches. At once, the special radar-like belt Clark Kent wore sounded a high-pitched warning as it instantly detected the presence of kryptonite in the bloodstream of the atom man who was in the closet. Dazed and frightened, Kent stares wildly about. Oh, there's kryptonite around here. But where? I can't see it. Did uh, you say kryptonite, Kent? Yes. I can feel it. And my my belt detects it. Where is it? You, you must be mistaken. There's no kryptonite here. There is, I tell you. Wait a minute. That closet. I can't see into it. You, Sidney. You tricked me. You must have. In there. Where, where, where are you going? Must get out of here. <laughs> get on. I must. Through that window. Up. Up. My strength going. I can't get up in the air. Up. Up. Ah, the great Superman wing. Uh, he can't fly. <laughs> Come out of that closet, Miller. Get out of here. We were right. Clark Kent is Superman. Of course he is, didn't I tell you? Miller! Yes, and this time you won't escape. No! Keep away from me! I must get away! He went through the window! It's all right, he's on his hands and knees. He can't get away. Come on, through the window after him. Well, how could I get through a window? I'll use the back door. You go out and hold him, Miller. I'll hold him, all right. No, Miller. Keep away! You got away from me once, but not this time. When I turn the switch on the converter... No! No! There! Now, Superman, alias Clark Kent, no. you hear my atomic car? No. You feel the green lightning? No. This is the end of you! No. The end! Triumphantly, his eyes shining like a maniac's, the atom man extends his strange metal gloves, laughing wildly as the jagged green sparks of lightning pitchfork into Clark Kent's body and strike him to the earth. Once before, Superman escaped death by a miracle at the fearful hands of the Atom Man. But this time, guided by the shrewd brain of Sidney, a fate has been prepared for him which he himself said was the only way in which he could ever be destroyed. Tomorrow, Superman's life hangs in the balance. So be sure to be with us then. Same time, same station, for a thrill a minute in The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive... Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman... 
see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!